Welcome to this edition of Doctors in the House. The Columbus Medical Association is thrilled to have two CMA members who are members of the Ohio General Assembly. And in this series, we will talk about what their experiences are as physician legislators, as well as the policy issues of the day. In this episode, we'll be talking to Dr. Anita Samani. Dr. Samani represents the 11th House District. Dr. Samani is an OBGYN at Ohio Health. Dr. Samani, thank you for your time today. As we're recording this, it is the middle of the week uh, of what is supposed to be leading into the uh, deadline for Ohio to approve a new two-year budget. Um, the deadline would be normally this Friday. Um, I wondered if you could share with folks what your sense is of where we are in the budget process uh, and issues that uh, that you're hearing about and, and would care to talk about. Well, I don't know that we'll be ready and done by Friday because there's a really, there's about a almost 900 things, like 800 and some things that are different between the House budget and the Senate budget. So it's going to take a lot to bring everybody to the same page. Um, when the House passed their budget, we actually had a really good budget. It had middle um, some, some tax cuts, but really where the main increases were were social services, um, we were giving more towards subsidized childcare. We were giving more for paid maternity leave for state workers, free school lunches, food banks. You know, the food banks were going to get $15 million out of it, like I think $80 million budget, which doesn't, isn't a lot, but would have really helped the food banks. But unfortunately, the Senate decided, no, we want to keep people hungry. We want to keep them poor. And, you know, we don't want to educate them. So, uh, they passed one of the biggest tax cuts in state history um, and added universal eligibility for school vouchers. So what that means is there's no um, financial, um, no need to show financial need in order to get a school voucher. And what that does is just take away from public school funding. And then the other thing they put into the budget, which shouldn't be a budget issue, is that the governor, there wouldn't be a, a state board of education anymore. K through 12 education would be under govern, governor control where the governor would appoint someone just like they do for the Department of Health and for some of the other departments. And then um, the diversity, equity, inclusion, the, um, you know, some of the things that we see on campus in terms of, you know, teaching history, um, those types of things would be very, narrowly defined and they would get rid of any type of teaching towards diversity and inclusion, which is awful, you know, when we still have that to um, wrap our heads around. And, and, you know, in medicine, we are doing a lot of diversity and inclusion education. We're recognizing how that systemic racism and implicit bias even plays a role in health, you know, in, in, and I know I see it in maternal issues, but I know it's true for other um, health issues too. So you indicated there are you know nearly a thousand items of disagreement between the House and the Senate, um, and so are they going to be considering uh, some sort of interim state budget for a stopgap um, to try to give more time to work these things out, or what's your best guess? Um, I know I know that the Rules and Reference Committee yesterday passed a extension on the current budget for another week. So I guess my hunch is that we will be seeing an extension that we'll vote on today and then kind of go back to the drawing board. You know, from a healthcare perspective, the other thing that um, 
I think is truly critical that is also being cut out of the budget is, you know, there is a breast milk bank at Grant in Ohio Health um, that is covered by Medicaid. Like if somebody needs breast milk because they're not able to produce it or they've adopted a baby or, you know, for whatever reason, they can get breast milk access and it's covered by insurance and they're gutting that. They're gutting um, the increase in um, funding to Medicaid for dentists, you know, um, only about 20, I think only, it's a very small percentage of dentists that actually take Medicaid patients. And most of them, it's just a small part of their practice because it's like medicine, you know, Medicaid rates are really low reimbursement. But I think in dentistry, they have a lot of overhead expenses, a lot of expenses that um, they're dealing with. And if they don't get, and if we don't, get Medicaid increases for, you know, expansion for kids between zero and three, that impacts so much when it comes to, you know, newborn pediatric health. Um, so those are things that I think as physicians, we need to keep on our radar. Well, thank you for the update on the budget. I know we could talk uh, our entire time just on budget items, um, but uh, I also wanted to give a little bit of time today to to talk uh, about the upcoming special election in August. Um, after we last talked, the legislature officially took the steps to put this on the ballot. Uh, and so um, this is our first time to talk with you since that's happened and uh, wanted to open up the door for you to share your thoughts uh, about the upcoming August uh, special election. Yeah, so as we had talked, you know, there was a lot of, I mean, we had a lot of protests at the state house during that time period. Um, and essentially the language got challenged and they made some changes on the language on the ballot, but they didn't take away the word elevate saying that it would elevate the constitution to have a 60% majority to approve any type of amendment. Everything we do in Ohio right now is a 50 plus one. So simple majority, right? Like everything we do at the state house is a simple majority. For the last 112 years, the um, amendments to the constitution have been through a simple majority. So this initiative in August would make it so that you'd need a super majority. You'd need 60% of Ohio voters to say yes to any, any ballot initiative. So right now, you know, the big push is about abortion rights, about reproductive rights that's gonna be on the ballot in November. But more importantly, and I think this is where you'll see so many different groups have signed on, is the idea that we could no longer push to have fair wages. We couldn't um, create a constitutional amendment for redistricting because that would require a 60% supermajority plus signatures from all 88 counties and it takes away the cure period, which is when they confirm that the signatures are valid. So there's so much that's negative about this issue that I would really encourage people to read both sides because if you just superficially look at the campaigns and look at you know why you should vote yes, it may make sense like, oh, you know, we need to make it harder. We want people, we wanna keep special interests out of it. But again, it's a special interest driving this. It's a billionaire from Illinois that funded this campaign to um, create a super 60% supermajority. Whereas on the other side, we've got unions, we've got teaching associations, 
all of the like nurses association physicians i mean there's just a a huge conglomeration of groups that are voting no on issue one thanks for that update uh it's an unusual time for people to have an election um being in august and so the columbus medical association is committed to sharing information about that issue and try doing our best to uh, inform members. Thanks for your time today, Dr. Shimani. Thanks, Malcolm. Bye. Doctors in the House is a podcast produced by the Columbus Medical Association. You can stay up to date on our advocacy efforts at columbusmedicalassociation.org slash advocacy.